Hello, good morning, good morning, my friends. Wow, back at the classes early today. Love to see it. Love to see you all here. If you're new, back at the class is what everyone in the chat calls themselves because teachers trying to teach up here and y'all are just chatting away and I need you to focus, okay? All right, just kidding. I'm just kidding, you guys. Though I was never a back of the class girl. I was front of the class, teacher's pet. I was like a cool teacher's pet, okay? I wasn't like Hermione Granger, okay? I was more like smart, but like I didn't need to answer every question. I like to give other people the opportunity to be heard, I guess. <laughs> oh, hello. Good morning. I saw someone comment about the Dungeons and Dragons thing. Um, I have not, I don't know what's happening, but I have had tons of people in my Instagram DMs and Twitter, and I don't know if it's just like the same person tweeting at me from different accounts, because they happen around the same time, um, or if there's genuinely a lot of interest in the Dungeons and Dragons debacle, whatever it is, um, yeah, I don't know. Should I make a video on it? I, I I'm, I'm going to be honest. I probably won't. I got other shit that I want to talk about. Uh, but maybe I could talk about it um, on here during a live stream. Maybe next week. I did not look into it for this one. Sorry to even bring it up. Sorry to dangle it in front of you like this carrot that I can't answer for you. <laughs> All right, cool. I promise you it's not worth covering on your channel. There's already a bazillion other videos of people content farming this mess. I love that content farming. That is exactly what we do here on YouTube. I feel I am a content farmer. I'm, con I'm not, you know, I don't know. Content farming is good, but I would call it like content mining. Like I feel like I come on here and I'm just like panning for gold every day. Like, all right, which topic's going to be the one that people are going to want to watch. Though I saw yesterday that my Finn is in video over on my main channel has over a hundred thousand views, which is like very good for, for my usual numbers. So that's cool. It makes me feel better about not having posted a video this week. Sorry, sorry. I'm launching a new business on February 1st. And I was up at midnight last night laying in my bed being like, Oh my God, I have so many things to do. February 1st is sneaking up real fast. So, uh, yikes. Yeah, I'm a free range content farmer. Listen, organic only. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that's all I have for you. Let's, let's dive right in. We're diving right in. We're diving right into Climate Corner, which we usually don't dive into right away, but here we are. Because uh, we can't really not talk about the fact that California has been just literally flooded with rain for weeks at this point. Uh, 18 people have died. Have you heard that story about that like little boy that was like his mom and him were like in their car and, they, and she got out with him and then he was like pulled away from her by the... This is one of those stories where it's like, you cannot take on the suffering of the whole world because it will drive you absolutely insane. And that's coming from someone who reads the news every day and has a news-based live stream. I talk about 
you know, bird's eye topics. But when you start delving into the personal stories behind a lot of these things, it's like too much, too much. You got to guard your heart. Okay. That was a rough one to hear. 18 people total have been reported as killed. Even the streets in Los Angeles are flooded. And it's simply too much damn water. And yet, weirdly, also not enough water. Because the state of California has been in and out of drought conditions for the last 22 years. Which is the driest period, experts believe, in the last 1,200 years. Tree rings indicate 2001 to 2022 is the driest 22-year period since at least 800 AD when the Vikings sailed and the Mayans built temples. Which I'm sure climate change deniers would be like, well, see, this has happened before. But like, it's bad and it's in part being caused by climate change, okay? And the problem is that even these torrential downpours are not going to fix 22 years of drought. Okay, 22 years of drought is not going to be fixed by a week or two of rain, you know, and the reservoirs can only hold so much water. So a lot of the rain is just going back into the sea because the reservoirs overflow. It flows back into the ocean. Plus, I don't know if you've ever tried to water a dry mound of dirt, you know, and then half the dirt just washes away instead of soaking up the water when you water it too fast. That's that's what's erosion. Do you you see the picture I'm painting? Erosion. Okay. Some of this is natural to California. Okay. But some of it is climate change. And it's another example of the weirdness that comes with the fuckery that we've pulled on this planet. It's not straightforward environmental disasters. It's a flood during a drought where the place in question, California, is now considered both flooded and also in a drought at the same time. And it affects millions of people. Roughly 10% of the U.S. population lives in California, and most of California is being affected by this. So, you hate to see it. Are any of you in California? How you doing? Some, some places are getting evacuated. I'm cutting in and out real bad. Am I still cutting in and out real bad? Is it me? Down Southern California, it's not at tragic levels, but still more rain than we've had in over a decade. Yeah. Went from fire everywhere to water everywhere. Mother Nature is surely trying to kill us. Listen, if you had a flea infestation, you'd be smacking it around too. I feel like that's probably what the earth feels that we are. Oh, yeah. Cue yikes button. Good good call. Yikes. Yikes. Someone, someone suggested I make these and sell them with my pre-recorded voice on it. Yikes. I don't think I'm going to do that. That seems like a waste of plastic, but listen. Uh, let's see. Not cutting out on your side. Great. Great. All right. Okay, that's all I have for Climate Corner. Sorry, I just like short-circuited for a second. I need to... <laughs> Sometimes my brain just stops working. Uh, okay, moving on to 
this speaking of speaking of fuckery even more sensitive documents have now been found at a different location associated with biden so that's cool maybe we should stop giving geriatric white men access to the nuclear codes have we thought of that they're gonna like leave it out accidentally on the back of the toilet seat like a reader's digest Okay, and I'm kind of annoyed at how bad this looks, all right? We've been over here laughing about Trump feeling all vindicated, okay? It doesn't look good. And they're calling him a hypocrite, they being Republicans. And, like, I think that's a fair accusation, hypocrite. Because he was the one who was like, that looks real bad, Trump, that you had classified documents. And what's weird is he's said that since November when they first found classified documents in his office. So he knew that he was being, anyway, it's fine. Okay. Under government regulations, access to classified documents is limited to people who are currently authorized to see them. And the materials must be stored in special security containers to limit the risk of exposing sensitive information. The Presidential Records Act says official documents in the White House, classified and unclassified alike, should be turned over to the National Archives when an administration departs. And these are classified documents from his time as vice president and from like between that. I don't know. So it looks bad. It doesn't look good. That being said, while this is a big dumb moment, I do want to take the opportunity to point out how different this is from the Trump do document debacle, which if you've been watching my live streams for a while, you would, you know, we've been over this ad nauseum, the Trump document debacle as it was happening. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram, I made a reel. I also made a TikTok about this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make more TikToks. They say like, you gotta be, you gotta be really consistent with the TikToks and you have a lot more potential to grow. You know, I'm over here mining for content. All right. So I'm trying to, to repurpose. That's neither here nor there. Okay. In the Biden instance of, of the documents, his, his document fiasco, his lawyers found the documents in his Washington think tank office and immediately, same day, alerted the National Archives. The National Archives doesn't appear to have even known that those documents were missing. And then the National Archives got the documents back the very next day. The very next day. Then Biden's aides were told to scour all locations where sensitive documents might be found immediately. And this was all back in November. And so they did that. And then they found some more sensitive documents, which is what we're just hearing about now. We don't know the location of these documents. It has not been disclosed. Okay. It was discovered back in November. It's just being, we're just being told about it now. So documents were found. National Archives immediately alerted. Search started to find other documents to give back to the National Archives. Okay. In contrast, after Trump left the White House, the National Archives were like, wait a second, we're missing like a noticeable amount of documents. So they contacted Trump's lawyers who dragged their feet for months, had to be subpoenaed for the documents. His lawyers signed a sworn statement saying that they made a good faith effort to look for classified documents. They handed over a warehouse full of 15 boxes of documents, some classified, some not, to the National Archives. And then after that, the DOJ went in, searched Trump's private office and residence, and found even more documents, some classified, some not, 
that his lawyers apparently didn't find after a thorough search. And now his lawyers have been told to lawyer up because they signed a thing saying that they did a thorough search. And then the DOJ was able to just walk in and be like, oh, what about these? What about these? What about these? So very different circumstances. The first uh, batch of classified documents or just other documents found in Biden's office uh, included like 10 actually classified documents. They found at least 100, 160 classified documents with Trump. 10 versus like 160, okay? Like, this is not the same. This is not the same. But also, I swear to God, if those second batch of documents that were just announced were found related to Biden, if those were found, if that undisclosed location turns out to be his private residence, that makes everyone look so stupid, okay? And yeah, okay, I guess I'm not shocked about that hypocrisy around document storage, okay? That hypocrisy knows no ideological bounds. But why, okay? This just gives Republicans more fodder for investigating the shit out of everything in the Biden administration, including Biden and his family. And it just... It just feeds their their conspiracy machines and their plans for impeachment. It just it just stokes the fire in a way that was like, could we not? Could we not? Could we not? <laughs> Hello. Which then brings me to this article. Here are all the ways that Republicans plan to investigate Biden. Thanks, New York Times, for laying this out for us. They made a little list. House Republicans are preparing a cascade of investigations, some overlapping into the Biden administration and its policies. The ultimate goal is to impeach the president. It's a tit-for-tat situation happening here. Uh, preparing to use their new subpoena power, Republicans have already created three special investigative committees or subcommittees, but they expect to carry out many more inquiries under existing committees that they now control. Republicans have already introduced a host of impeachment articles against the president and members of his cabinet, and some influential members on the right have said that they relish the prospect of trying him for high crimes and misdemeanors, okay? Misdemeanors. I like saying it with that inflection. Um, okay. So we've got a special subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee, um, which, and let's see. The text of the resolution that created the subcommittee, it gives the panel, the subcommittee, essentially open-ended jurisdiction to scrutinize any issue related to civil liberties or to examine how any agency of the federal government has collected, analyzed, and used information about Americans, including ongoing criminal investigations. It also gives the subcommittee the authority to obtain classified information, typically only provided to the Intelligence Committee, including some of the government's most protected secrets. Yeah, that's, I want to give our Congress members access to some of the government's most protected secrets. Yes, they're in the government, but I don't believe personally that they've proven themselves capable of handling that level of information. Okay. The whole point of this is, uh, is to give this subcommittee the ability to investigate the investigations that are ongoing, both for Trump and for January 6th uh, defendants. calling it a uh, concerted effort by the government to silence and, pun silence and punish conservatives at all levels. It's a witch hunt. 
It's a witch hunt. Representative Daddy Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat of New York and the minority leader, called the new panel the Select Committee on Insurrection Protection. Daddy Jeffries. Hello. All right. And then we got the Biden family businesses. This has been ongoing. The Hunter Biden laptop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Oversight Committee, led by Representative James R. Comer, Republican of Kentucky, they're going, they're doing an inquiry which is meant to inform legislation to strengthen federal ethics laws and to ensure that financial institutions have the proper internal controls and compliance programs to alert federal agencies of potential money laundering activity, which is just fancy speak for this is an investigation of Joe Biden and his family and his son for their business operations. Basically, they think that money laundering is happening. So they're giving this committee uh, more power to control that. Oh, they're also uh, investigating the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Republicans, including Mr. Comer and Mr. Jordan, have asserted without evidence that Dr. Anthony S. Fauci, Mr. Biden's former medical advisor, covered up a lab leak that they allege may have caused the pandemic. They have said repeatedly that they will investigate Dr. Fauci, who is a political target for Republicans seeking to woo Trump voters. Dr. Fauci has said he has a completely open mind about whether the outbreak originated in a lab, but that the preponderance of the evidence shows it was a natural occurrence. Leave this man alone. This man is in his 80s. Let him rest. Has he not done enough? My God. He has not. Oh, God. I don't even. I have nothing more to say. So that's just a smattering of the, the ways in which. Oh, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Sorry. China competitiveness. This is more of like a bipartisan thing because we're like terrified of China. So they're they're researching, they're investigating the Chinese government's economic, technological, and security progress and its competition with the United States. Less concerning, I would say. Uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's expected to focus on planning in the run-up to the evacuation, botched efforts to extract Afghan interpreters and contractors who aided the U.S. government, and the consequences of the withdrawal. Seen as among the House Republicans' most serious investigations, the inquiry can also be used to undermine faith in the Biden administration's competency. And listen, I'm not sure that I'm going to trust the outcome of this because it seems somewhat politically motivated, as is everything, I guess, because we're talking about politics. So, like, there's no hope. But I think that's also a fair investigation. All right. What the hell happened? A lot of bad things happened over in Afghanistan at the hands of the United States. I think it warrants an investigation. I just don't trust what their investigation is going to find. Border enforcement. They're going to be investigating the Biden administration's approach to the border. It will be a large focus of Republicans' efforts for the next two years, though any immigration legislation is unlikely to pass because of the divided Congress. Love that. Love that nothing can be done. Republicans have sought to use Mr. Biden's border policies as a political weapon against him and Democrats, blaming them for crime and capitalizing on fears among some in their hard right base that immigrants of color will dilute the voting power. They have called for the impeachment of the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro and Mayorkas. Again, do I think that we should investigate what's happening at the border? Yes. Not for the reasons they're talking about, though. Because uh, it's not good. Biden's not doing good. He's he's continuing the Obama theme of not doing good <laughs> about immigrants into the United States at the southern border. Not doing great about the whole human rights of immigrants thing down there. Are we putting children in cages? I actually don't know the answer to that. 
I actually don't know. We might still be. I would not be surprised if we still were. It's just that a Democrat's doing it now, so Democrats aren't screaming about it. That could be that could be what's happening. I haven't looked. Ugh. Okay, and then we have treatment of January 6th defendants. In a closed-door meeting in November, right-wing lawmakers, including Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, extracted a promise that their leaders would investigate Nancy Pelosi and the Justice Department for the treatment of defendants jailed in connection with the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Ms. Greene has released a report on conditions at the D.C. jail and local officials have acknowledged there are long-standing issues at the facility. The cognitive dissonance of someone on the far right, someone really into law and order, our boys in blue, releasing a report condemning conditions in a jail. Make it make sense. Make it make sense, Marjorie. Marge. Make it make sense. Okay, let's talk about jail conditions then. Okay, let's talk about them. Let's actually talk about them. God, I, I fucking hate politicians. Uh, okay, so they're saying that the or real victims are the ordinary people who entered the Capitol and they say are being persecuted for their political beliefs. No, they're not. They're being persecuted for the behavior of entering federal property by force against the law. That's what they're being prosecuted for. They're not being persecuted for any beliefs other than their belief that they could do that, I guess. Although some Republicans would prefer not to focus on the topic, which would inevitably involve rehashing what happened during the assault and their roles in Mr. Trump's election subversion efforts. So some some Republicans are like, actually, can we not talk about the January 6th anymore? Can we, can we, I thought we all moved on. Let's just, uh, let's just not talk about it. Okay. Okay, that's the end. Jesus Christ, that was long. <laughs> so that's what's happening. Let me look at your comments. Just, uh... Oh, another thing about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I just posted a TikTok about this. Mm, no big deal. Um, she apparently released a video using Dr. Dre, a Dr. Dre song. Uh, I don't know what the video was. Some A campaign video or something supporting her policies. And... Um, her account's been, I think it was on Twitter, her account's been suspended and, and the video was removed and then she received a cease and desist letter from Dr. Dre's lawyers. Um, one of the lines was something like, one would assume as a member of Congress that you would have at least a passing familiarity with the laws of our country. <laughs> it was it was a good cease and desist. I bet the lawyer who wrote that was having a fun time, a fun time. All right, let me look at let me look at your comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we're talking about jail conditions, let's talk about let's talk. Let's talk about jail conditions. Marge. We just go back to where that man was being caught cheating at a fishing competition in Florida. Life was easier there. That was funny. What hashtag did we come up with after that? I'm fisherman angry. Hashtag fisherman angry. Is that what it was? Something about that. Fifty percent porn. Fifty percent not doing good. Ay ay ay. 
Yeah, Biden does have a shit immigration policy. They should love it. Can't this be one thing that we can cross, we can hold hands across the aisle about? Treating immigrants like shit. Can't we unite over something? Oy. I know, right. What, like, what's the end? Yeah. What if they do find out that COVID was made in the lab? What are they going to do? Start a war? Like, what? what's, I mean, the outcome would probably be figuring out better regulations around how we tamper with uh, illnesses and stuff. But I'm sure it would feed into, I'm sure there's some conspiracy theory out there relating to tampering with illnesses and diseases and then releasing. I'm sure that would play into some conspiracy theory. Yeah, let's leave 80 year olds alone. Don't vote for them. Don't bother them. Help mow their lawns. Ask them about their life story, maybe, because I bet they have a lot of wisdom. But maybe leave them out of office, okay? Maybe just leave them alone. Leave them alone. Ay, ay, ay. What if we're unpunked? What if this whole thing, what if, what if everything since 2016 has been an elaborate epi episode of punked? They were like, punked, punked was canceled a decade ago. Let's bring it back. But in a, in a way that no one will see coming, in a way that no one can ignore, in a way that's really like, people are not going to be able to get enough of this once they realize what's actually happening. What a comeback story for punked. A seven year punked episode D damn it ashton <laughs> Ay. all right i know that's a fair question don't elderly people deserve to represent their interests in politics that's a fair question and i do like i have been accused of being ageist on here for some of these comments which i think is a fair accusation um i don't know what the answer is to that because yes they do but also they're not doing good right now. <laughs> and I certainly, I don't feel represented in any way other than like AOC and Ilhan Omar and a couple other representatives that are too far left to ever get anything done. So I think, I think what it is, is that our government mainly doesn't represent most people's interests because our government is not so much filled with old people as filled with rich people. Maybe that, maybe we should be, maybe we should be condemning the rich more than the old. I think that's something to investigate, examine in, in my biases, certainly. Maybe it's not about being old. Maybe it's about being rich and like being completely out of touch with what people actually want or what the day-to-day -day life of most people is. So. That's a whole other conversation we could have. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then, of course, there's the Hunter Biden laptop fiasco, which like, OK, this man is controversial and he's got some problems. But can I just say Daddy Biden? OK, moving on. Uh, I made a whole video about the Hunter Biden laptop. You can see my video there. There's here's an article. I mean, it's a tangled tale. I highlight a couple things. 
so taking a first step in their long promised investigation, Republicans on the House Oversight Committee on Wednesday demanded information about the Biden's banking transactions from the Treasury Department, which is funny because they were fine with Trump not giving us anything for seven years. And in an earlier report on the Bidens, they intended to lay the groundwork for hearings they plan to hold. They say said that they had evidence demonstrating deliberate, repeated deception of the American people, abuse of the executive branch for personal gain, use of government power to obstruct the investigation, and more. And then according to the New York Times, the real Hunter Biden story is complex and very different in important ways from the narrative promoted by Republicans, which I would agree with, but is troubling in its own way, which I would also agree with. Uh, doesn't look good. 50% porn, 50% doesn't look good is exactly the correct hashtag for this story. After his father, be father became vice president, Hunter Biden, a 52-year-old Yale-educated lawyer, forged business relationships with foreign interests that brought him millions of dollars, raised questions about whether he was cashing in on his family name, set off alarms among government officials about potential conflicts of interest, and provided Republicans an opening for years of attacks on his father. And after the death of his brother, Beau, in 2015, Hunter descended into a spiral of addiction and tawdry and self-destructive behavior. He is sober now and no longer entangled in foreign business deals. He has a visible presence in his father's life. His oldest daughter was married at the White House in November, and he attended a state dinner last month. But his travails remain front and center in Washington in both in ways both legal and political. So, yeah, the story's not over for Hunter. <laughs> He's 52. Father, Daddy Biden. Okay, but like there, there, there are certainly questionable things about what Hunter Biden has done. Do they implicate the president of the United States in the way that Republicans want it to? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't have definitive proof of that. But based on the definitive proof that we have, like the verified documents that have been verified from the Hunter Biden laptop, no. But it does not look good for Hunter. My gosh, your actual father. You guys have young parents. My mother is 70, 70 years old. I was a late in life child for her. An oopsie baby. Yes, they made, remember the movie that they made about the laptop? Yes, they made a movie. I talk about that in my video as well on the Hunter Biden laptop. It's it's from a few months ago. You could go check it out on my main my main page. Um, Legion, was that around? Was that about Hunter? Was that about Daddy Biden? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <sighs> Mac or PC, Hunter? We need to know. I believe it was a Mac. I believe it was a Mac. You guys have young parents. Young parents. I mean, my mom was 39, almost 40 when she had me, so. What can I say? All right. Uh, everyone focus in, okay? We're moving on. We're moving on. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, we're moving on to this man. George Santos. <sighs> okay. In other news, fellow New York Republicans have called for George Santos to resign over his fabricated biography. 
as a refresher, if you're new here, he's a newly elected representative from New York. Uh, he's allegedly wanted for fraud in Brazil. <laughs> uh, he claimed to have graduated in the top 1% of his class at Baruch College. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He claimed that he earned an MBA at NYU. He claimed that he doubled revenue as a product manager at Goldman Sachs. He claimed that he was an associate asset manager at Citigroup. None of that is true. Not, he made none of that is true. There is no record of him ever even working at Goldman Sachs or Citigroup. During the time that he's claimed to have been working at Citigroup, he was actually a customer service agent at Dish Network. Okay. He claimed his mother was a successful financial director in some finance business or something. She was not. Was nothing of the sort. And now he's being investigated for breaking campaign finance rules. All right. So a month before he was elected to Congress, one of his large donors received a call asking him to consider making another sizable contribution. And that request came from a Republican loyalist calling on behalf of Redstone Strategies, which was described in an email to the donor as an independent expenditure group that was supporting Mr. Santos's bid. The group had already raised $800,000 and was seeking to raise another $700,000, according to the email. The donor came through days later on October 21st. This donor sent $25,000 to a Wells Fargo bank account belonging to Redstone Strategies. And now Mr. Santos is in Congress, but where the donor's money went is unclear. The Federal Election Commission said it had no evidence that Redstone Strategies was registered as a political group, which they have to do if you're going to be a political action committee, you got to register. And there do not appear to be any records documenting its donors, contributions, or spending. Uh, Mr. Santos does have ties to a Redstone Strategies LLC registered to an address in Merritt Island, Florida in November 2021. Suspicious timing. As Mr. Santos was preparing for his second run for Congress, the firm listed the DeVolder organization, a company owned by Mr. Santos, as one of its managing officers, which that's another lie. So he goes by George Santos now. People that I was here, I was listening to some radio show and they they were talking to a guy who had done a ton of investigation into George Santos. And he said that the people that he interviewed knew him as Anthony de Valdere. So what's his real name? I don't know. But in a past life, he was known as Anthony de Valdere and he owns a company called the de Valdere Organization. He's one of its managing officers. A company website describes that Redstone as being run by ex experters in marketing and other others in politics. I wonder, I don't know, there's some typos happening here. So I don't know if that's a New York Times typo or a or a website typo. Experts in marketing and others, that doesn't even make sense. Experts in marketing and others in politics. Oh, 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 sorry. It's being run by experts in marketing and others in politics whose services in ad creation, communications, and fundraising have value no matter if you are in a local race or if you're going to be the next president of the United States. Yet the firm's body of work, at least for candidates and committees that are required to file campaign expense reports, appears limited. A time search of campaign finance records uncovered payments from a failed House candidate on Long Island and two groups tied to New York legislative candidates. It just, it looks bad. Hashtag doesn't look good. Yes, major Anna Delvey vibes. Major Anna Delvey vibes. Why, though, is this man currently having a job? A great question.
a great question. And it appears that most Republicans are unperturbed other than his fellow New York House representatives. And like, I don't know, this picture of him, like this man just reeks of desperation. There's just something about him that's like, oh yeah, you did make up these lies, didn't you? Allegedly. But it's like, uh, seems plausible, okay? Um, he seems like someone who has never felt cool, who's never been the cool kid in school, but he was so desperate to be the cool kid, you know? And listen, I can relate. I was not the cool kid and I wanted to be the cool kid so bad, so bad. All those cool kids, all those cool girls, they were like thin and athletic and they were Abercrombie and Fitch and they were so pretty and like everyone cared about what they had to say and like, I just, I wanted to be them so bad. I wanted to be friends with them so bad. Uh, and apparently he wanted to be cool so bad that he was willing to just lie his way straight to the top. Allegedly. Allegedly. But like, look at that face. And I can see it being like one lie on a resume turned into like an entirely fabricated resume turned into a snowball effect where now he's found himself on the floor of the House of the Rep of Representatives of the United States Congress. Like, I could see it being just, like, a desperation that then led to just, like, well, I can't stop now. But he seems to have, like, a, a history of lying. So there might be some sort of, like, mental, there's some psychology happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wanted to fit in with the cool, rich, white kids. And I do wonder, too, so he's a gay man. And he's a Republican. And I can't imagine being a gay man in the Republican Party feels great. I can't imagine that you feel necessarily accepted, especially because he is also not white. So maybe because he felt like such an outsider in his own party, he felt the need to like lie his way to the top. My, I wonder, huh, um, I know there's a lot of a lot of gays in this in this audience. Hello, welcome. Thank you for being here. Have any of you ever dated gay Republican men before? What's that like? I've dated straight Republican men before. Um, back in my early 20s when I was a lot more desperate, okay? I've learned from my ways and I've gotten a lot of therapy since then. Okay. But I have done it. Sometimes accidentally, sometimes I went on, I've, I talked about this last time. I accidentally went on a couple dates with uh, libertarians, which to me is just a different breed of Republican. Um, I did not know there were libertarians until they started talking at the date. And I was like, oh, never mind. And then they bought me dinner and I never saw them again. Um, yeah, I can smell the kind of self-loathing a mile away. That's different because with a, with a straight man, it's like, like, it's not acceptable, but, like, I can empathize. I can understand, like, oh, yeah, you are attracted to this party because it served you in every way possible. Like, I get it. I get why. I, mean, I don't get it. But, like, I can understand how you would be attracted to this party. It's, like, it's the white man's party. Great. Uh, but this, the type of self-loathing it takes to be a, a gay Republican is the, or a black Republican. It's just, like, make it make sense. Let's see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I knew I knew a gay male Republican in college, and he always made me quite sad, not out to his parents. I mean, yeah, I just... I find I can't even connect with gay Republicans on a friend level. Yeah, I just... I don't... Yes, I have, and it's confusing as fuck. Valid beliefs with money and all that, but a strange denial of privilege and willingness to screw those at the bottom. So weird. So weird. He may have also found his audacity in running for office because of Trump. Yeah. Santos was married to a woman until a few weeks before he filed Trump. Really? Is that true? Hold on. I'm going to fact check you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I know you're not trying to spew lies. I just got to fact check. Okay. Uh, George Santos' wife. Oh, that's good. Okay. Let me see. You know, I found a Business Insider article that seems fine. Okay. GOP rep-elect George Santos reportedly divorced a woman two weeks before running for office in 2019, despite suggesting he's been openly gay for a decade. Oh, that's right. He's also claimed to be Jewish. And he's also claimed that he's got family members who survived the Holocaust. But he's also claimed to be something else. Wow, that's wild. Never had an issue with my sexual identity in the past decade. Wow. I'm a gay married man, Santos told USA Today in October of this year. I am openly gay, have never had an issue with my sexual identity in the past decade, and I can tell you and assure you I will always be an advocate. What? What? <laughs> I'm openly gay and have never had an issue with my sexual identity, but I'm also married to a woman. Like, li let's listen. I'm a bisexual woman. I believe you can be. I personally am attracted to all genders. I have been, I've been attracted to people of any gender, you know, whether I'm scrolling on TikTok or in real life or whatever. Like, you can do that. That's not what he's saying here. <laughs> He's saying, I am gay, like, into men, exclusively it appears, but I'm also married to a woman, but I have never once had an issue with my sexual identity. So what, he's just confidently gay and was like, yeah, I guess I'll marry this woman for what, fun? So my, I don't know, conservative family members will be happy with me? Like, what is, what is happening? Yeah, an exhausting internal life to live. Like, what... There's something going on with this guy. There's something wild. What? Gay card might be, okay. Not to, I don't know how to say this in a way that isn't like mildly offensive. If you've heard this man speak, He speaks in a way that is traditionally associated with gay men. Okay. That could also be an act. Who the fuck knows? This man is a serial liar, clearly. Allegedly, I guess. I'll keep saying. I don't know. If he tries to sue me for defamation, I feel like there's enough proof at this point that what I'm saying is correct. Ugh. 
Yeah, I'd marry my best friend who's a woman for fun, but that's different. Yeah, in college, I had a pact with my gay male best friend that if we weren't married by like 28, we would marry each other. Maybe it wasn't 28, maybe it was like 40. I don't think I had plans to marry at 28 at that point. Anyway, but yeah, this, this seems different. <laughs> this this seems different. <sighs> yeah, the, the guy needs therapy. Clearly. Clearly. Something is happening here. All right. Uh, all right. It's not, it's 915. Holy shit, you guys. We got to get moving. Okay, the last story that I have. Uh this is kind of old news at this point. The Federal Aviation Administration system that was meant to send safety alerts to pilots crashed yesterday morning. Crashed yesterday morning, leading to thousands of delayed and canceled flights. The crash has been linked to a damaged database file. Though some officials are saying there's no evidence of a cyber attack. Pete Buttigieg, who's like the transportation security, said he's not ruling out malfeasance. Um, and this was really close on the heels of all the Christmas cancellations because of the blizzard and stuff, and also Southwest having snafus. So people are naturally a little on edge about the aviation industry generally. Um, and as this article notes, it does highlight the fragility of our infrastructure. If a single damaged database file could make the entirety of the av aviation industry come crashing down. Like it was the most grounded flights that we've had since 9-11. From one damaged database file. And apparently I learned the system that went down, the system was created 75 years ago, which I don't know how that makes sense. If it's a computer system, I know we had like early computers that long ago, probably, but like a full system is that I don't under, I don't really know which piece of the technology was created 75 years ago, but it's based on a 75 year old system called not am N O T A M notice to air missions. Um, and it alerts pilots to hazards along their route. And apparently a single briefing from the system can consist of up to 200 pages of alerts, safety alerts, and pilots have to review that entire briefing before takeoff, like all 200 pages or however much this system spits out at them. Which, like, okay, I'm glad that there's a system for alerts. And I want pilots to know every possible issue. But damn. Damn. Okay. And that being said, though, I, it did make me think about how much of our lives, how much of the functions of our lives could be completely halted or derailed by a single damaged data file. Like we are so dependent on computers and the internet. And on top of that, no one fucking knows how these things work. Like we need specialized computer scientists and there's not enough of them. We don't know how these things work and we are so dependent on them that a single damaged data file, who knows how many systems could be upended in our lives by a single damaged data file. I don't know. It's got me in a little tailspin. And I'm flying in a couple weeks and I already have flight anxiety. So I hate this for me. Though I surprisingly, I don't have airport anxiety. I love the airport. I love the airport because time, time is fake in an airport. You can have a dirty martini at 8 a.m. in an airport and no one will bat an eye. Not that I do that because I find then that I feel awful if I have an 8 a.m. dirty martini because I'm no longer 22. But back in my early 20s, I loved, I loved a 
any time of day dirty martini at the at the airport. Now I mainly stick to to you know water, decaf coffee because I get real dehydrated on those flights. Okay, thank you for clarifying. It's not a 70-year-old computer. It's the core of the system was built on top of old languages and old scaffolding that they've never overhauled. Same thing with banks and government. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense, and I hate it. But also, um, it makes me nervous to overhaul it, too, because what if they overhaul it and then it's even worse? <laughs> Which is probably why it's based on 70-year-old language and infrastructure because overhauling is scary too. Yes, I'm a, I'm a Delta girl. Uh, because of my flight anxiety, I only fly Delta because I know what I'm getting every time. And something nice about anxiety, if you don't know that, is if you have repetition, you can you know what to expect. It helps alleviate anxiety. Let's reboot America. Reboot America. Okay, uh, where are you heading? I'm going to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico for a conference. Uh, yeah, a conference. A business. A business conference because I'm a businesswoman now, in case you didn't know. But actually, though, I'm I'm fine. I'm starting. I'm launching a new business February 1st. So it's related to that. It's like I'm trying to invest in myself. Okay. Up my business entrepreneurial game which is something that I've been like struggling with because the idea of being an entrepreneur, feels gross and icky to me. There's like an ick factor with calling yourself an entrepreneur, probably because like the white woman girl boss era is still very fresh. And I do not identify with that at all. And so it's like white woman girl bosses or like finance bros is what I associate entrepreneurship with. And so me identifying as an entrepreneur, even though I feel I have an entrepreneurial spirit, we're going by definition alone. I don't personally identify as an entrepreneur yet. We're working on it. I'm I'm still figuring out my identity. You know, it took me like 27 years to come out as bisexual because I was so confused about my identity there. So who knows how long it's going to take me to figure out what label I want to put on myself as a business owner. A business owner. <sighs> Ooh, excited about the new business and thinking about gaming on Twitch. Yeah, Twitch is something that I've thought about talking about. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it, it's networking. I just ordered a bunch of business cards. I'm an introvert, so networking is fucking terrifying. But this organization that I'm going with is like so great. Uh, it's founded by a woman named Rachel Rogers. She wrote a book called We Should All Be Millionaires. Highly recommend, especially if you're a small business or business owner of any sort or you aspire to be. Um, and her whole shtick, I, I've talked about this. Her whole shtick is that women should make more money and, pe and people of color and minorities should make more money. She's a black woman, also a former IP lawyer. So I identify with her a lot in the lawyer space. Um, anyway, she has a whole club organization for entrepreneurial people. And it's super inclusive and so diverse. And there's a lot of really great energy. So I'm super excited to, I think, like, as an introvert, I feel very open-minded going to this because it seems like everyone is very 
welcoming and there's a lot of energy and it. it's not going to be like a bunch of finance bros in a conference room, basically. So I'm excited, but uh, yeah, uh, if you are interested, oh, let me see if I can pull up a link for you here. Hold on. Let me, if you're interested in learning more about my new project that I'm working on, let me give you a link. You can sign up for my email list. And uh, oh, Jesus Christ, where's the link? Sorry, hold on. You can sign up for my email list. And I have an email going out on February or February on January 14th, which is in two days. Um, little, little teaser, little teaser email to uh, wet your whistle if you want to find out more. Yeah, there's the link. I think. Hold on, let me let me hope that's the right one because I just put it in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You can sign up there if you'd like. Yeah, just talk about life and everything will flow naturally. Thank you. It's a good reminder because I, it's hard not to feel like you have to be the most interesting person in the entire room when you're networking. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Okay. All right. That's all I have. That's all I have. Thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me. It's Thursday. Next week, I should have made this announcement at the beginning, too. Next week, Monday, so the next time that I'm supposed to go live, I'm not going live. We're not doing a video next week on Monday. We are on Thursday, but not on Monday. Why? Monday's my birthday. Monday's my birthday, and I'm not working on Monday. I'm going to lay around and eat things and relax and have a nice time because I'm going to be a 31-year-old lady. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be back. I will have a new edited video over on the main channel next Wednesday. I promise you that because I need to do that and I need to stick to my word. I promise you that. New edited video on Wednesday, and then I'll be back live streaming on Thursday, the 19th. The 19th. Link not working. Really? Link is broken? Are you kidding me? It's working for me. What the heck? Hmm... Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Okay, while I look, uh, I saw that it was breaking that his, where the documents found at his, uh, his residence, Biden's residence. Hate that for us. Hate that for us. All right, let me see here. Um, okay. All right. Hold on. I'm navigating this whole new system that I have set up for the business. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. Copy URL. Server not found. What? Hold on. Everyone hold on for one second. Cause I want you to be able to sign up for this. 
I know it's almost 9.30, okay? Um, great, okay. Maybe it's here. Uh. Hmm. How very strange. Okay, well, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. No. I think I'm seeing them come through. Yeah, I'm seeing all your emails come in. So maybe it's just the second page. Thanks for sitting here with me and watching me figure this out. I'm sure it is fascinating. Uh, let me see. Okay. It might just be that the page is... Oh, maybe it's this. Okay. Anyway, I'm getting them. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm short circuiting. I am getting the emails that you're sending in. I see them and I appreciate them. So don't fret. I think it's just this page that's not loading. And I don't know how to fix it. Let's see. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, never fear. I'm getting your emails. Thank you so much for signing up. Maybe it's this. Aha, found it. Bada bing, okay. If you have not submitted, don't submit your email again. I already got it. But if you have not submitted your email, I think it should work now. I think it should work. I'm gonna test it out. Test it out. Okay, signing up for my own email list. Oh, it worked. Okay. Fixed it. Okay. Thank you um, for being here and sitting through that and being interested and in blowing up my um, email list. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Uh, I will be back on. Oh, this is giving me. I was like, why do I look purple? There we go. I will be back Thursday. And there'll be an edited video for me from me on Wednesday. And you'll be hearing an email from me on the 14th, which is Saturday. So you're not rid of me yet. Okay. Thanks for being here. I hope you guys have a lovely day, a lovely weekend. And I will see you next week. Okay. Bye.